Work, how and where it is done. Hey, it's been changing for so many folks. That change was already in the air a couple years ago, but it accelerated, raced into our lives over the past 18 plus months. And with that, lots of questions need to be addressed by companies of all sizes. Will employees return to an office of the past or an office of tomorrow? Will those in the office and those remote work and collaborate effectively? How will employees and businesses work safely? How will we work smarter? Folks, I'm James Hilliard. Our tech experience guest today, Tony Dancona with us, digital workspace evangelist and part of the new Connection Labs where he gets to do what he does best, tinker, wonder, and ponder questions like the ones I just posed. I'm ready to get the answers, so let's get started. All right, Tony. First off, we're going to go a little inside baseball here for the audience. I'm going to tell them that it was 2008 that you and I did our first little podcast uh, together here within the Connection family. We've done others since then. Let me take you back to 2008. What was work? What did work look like for you in 2008? Well, for me, work was traveling all around the country, right? Going to shows, going to visit customers, putting lots of hours on the plane, driving to Logan Airport, which wasn't um, the, the the most fun thing to do at three in the morning to catch a, a six o'clock flight. But um, things are different now. Things are different. And when you weren't flying, you were going into an office and you were sitting at a desk with a computer, correct? I was, yep. And that's what a lot of us did. And all of a sudden, things have been changing, obviously, over the last 13, 14 years. But things have changed a great deal. And that's really where we're at for today. And we want to talk about how working today is different. So we're going to touch on that for a little bit. Then Tony and I are going to be talking about how we're making work safe, how we're also making work smarter. And ultimately, we're going to talk a little bit about what we are doing at Connection to try and make those two things work together because sometimes tony um we would try and make things safer for employees like put antivirus on those machines way back in the day but sometimes that cut down on our ability to do some work right it's safe and smart working haven't always gone hand in hand they haven't and there's also the dilemma of picking something that doesn't integrate with the rest of future work that you want to do right and that's really really key and we will definitely be touching on that. So let's talk now about what you're hearing from Connection customers, what you're experiencing. And ultimately, we're going to be kind of being a little prescriptive here and telling people what we think the new office should be. And I'm using air quotes there for people. Um, but but give me an idea of, of kind of what does work look like? And when I say the word work, what does that conjure up in your mind these days? The real important thing is to make the office an experience, right? It's it's no longer, and we've already proven that we can work from home, we can work remote. If we're one-on-one talking to a customer on a video call with them, that that's working very successfully at home. When we go to the office, we want an experience, and it's really about collaboration. We don't, yeah, we don't, we don't need to go to an office just to sit there by oneself for eight hours doing video calls or old school conference calls on the phone, right? It is about that collaboration. What does that mean to you? Again, bringing up that word collaboration, what's it mean when you're out there talking to customers? How are they defining what they see as collaboration in the office? Yeah, so collaboration is where you're whiteboarding with, um, 
colleagues, you know, spitboarding different things, um, trying to um, bring out ideas and get the reaction of different people. And also having the right technology so that if there is someone remote that you want to bring in to that discussion, um, it's very easy to do, right? Click a couple click of a button. Um, and then what really key is to make it a similar experience for when you're working from that anywhere position and the office, right? So anywhere could be home, could be Starbucks, could be Amtrak's. One of the things I've heard talking to to managers, also just kind of line employees over the last, you know, let's say eight to 10 months, is there is a sense of loss of the spontaneity, the loss of that, oh, I got an idea. Let me go ask Tony. Let me see what Tony thinks. And when I tell Tony my idea, I either get that smile. He's like, oh, yeah, maybe you're honest. Or I get the like, James, what the hell are you thinking? That's the dumbest idea I've heard all day. That's that collaboration in space because right now, if we just do it over email or you do it over a Slack or a Microsoft Teams or something like that, it's great that we can collaborate there, home to home, home to office, what have you. But there is that lack of the humanity if we're doing it in that asynchronous just via the text or some of these other tools that we have, right? I, absolutely. And I think the the water cooler can't be forgotten, right? It's, you know, that time that you spend with your colleagues to build that rapport and, um, and, and to learn, right, that, that John had his 20th anniversary and, you know, Joan had a baby girl and, and some of those things. And that's the other thing we have to try to incorporate into the work environment so that you don't lose that if you spend a lot of time at home. And I think that's going to come up again. We'll come back to that. Let's kind of shelve it for a moment. We'll come back to that in our smart conversation. But what I want to start doing now here in a moment is start talking about, okay, how do we make this office environment now of today safer? than it was. And we're, I don't think we're going to go deep dive. If you want to, we can take a little sidebar. We're not really talking folks about office, um, whether you're going to break down all the walls and just have one big old office space that everyone hangs out in, no more individual offices, whether you're bringing in couches or desks and chairs or yoga balls. We're not really talking there. Um, but, but obviously we do recognize, Tony, that some environments are going to look a lot different than the office that say you and I were used to 2008, very cubicled, very solo office for the manager. I mean, that is changing as well. Yeah, I, I think what we're going to see is um, needing to do space management. Um, but with that, making sure that we have the way to um, track if there are issues associated with people being sick or um, things that you need to worry about, right, to make it safe. So. Um, it's, it's important to be able to track people, um, where they are, um, what, what their status is. And I know there's been a lot of talk in, in the news about, you know, vaccines and mandates and all those things. So being able to track that and, um, understand if people have a temperature when they're walking in the door, I think it's a whole new change. You in the old days, I mean, I remember, I mean, I've, I've done it, right? How, how many times have you walked to the office with your bottle of NyQuil, your box of tissues, your blanket, and like, I got to get this project out, you know? And, and it's just like, we've all done it. Yeah. No, we don't want you here. Right. Yeah. 
And how it's stay away. Now, back in the day, sometimes those, you know, if you had an office, you could kind of, okay, lock yourself in the office. Hey, leave me alone and, and all. But still, you have central air conditioning. You're moving all that air around. So so we definitely want to, let's take a couple minutes and talk about the safe. And again, obviously, we're talking about safety in the COVID era. However, there are some other future ways this technology might be useful when it comes to just common colds and flus and just other things, right? So this is not just do it now and then we're going to throw it away. The idea is to have these technologies that may be able to continue to future-proof and and, and safe-proof our environments. What are you seeing most organizations um, looking at today? Is there like a top one, two, three wish list of some of the technologies? Is it trying to do those, you know, temperature kiosks? Is it uh, validating vaccine passports? What are you hearing from the customers out there of what they're really trying to put in to make that a safe office? Yeah, it's it's interesting to watch the ebb and the flow too, right? Everybody thought this pandemic was over. And they're like, oh, okay, we don't need some of those other things. And then all of a sudden, right, the pandemic rears its head again. It's just like, yeah, all right, we we want it all now, right? We want to do the pre-check before people come in, just ask them some simple questions. We want to um, take their temperature as they come into the office. And the cool thing that we're going to see with the technology is um, today we might be using video to detect whether someone's wearing a mask in addition to right, what their temperature is. But tomorrow, who knows, right? It, it may be that um, I don't know, smoking becomes the most important thing. And we can detect um, whether people are smoking and they should be smoking as they come into the office. But I mean, that's a silly thing. But obviously, I think things are going to change in the ability to have technology that allows us to detect what's happening is very, very important. One of the things that I see the value of the technologies, it, it does, and it's unfortunate to, I think, say this, but it takes a little bit of the humanness out of it, which I think is a good thing. So here's my example, Tony, and I want to get your thoughts. Instead of having a person at a reception desk saying, Tony, tell me your stuff today. James, tell me your stuff today. What if I don't feel like wearing my mask today? What if I'm just in a bad mood? It takes away some of potentially that conflict because now, look, this kiosk, it's going to let you where it's not. And if it doesn't, maybe it doesn't uh, activate your uh, card key so you can't utilize the elevator. Maybe you can't get into the staircase because your card key is then deactivated for that certain period of time or whatever. I, I do see, unfortunately, again, because there is some conflict around or controversy, that could be a benefit of utilizing that technology. Yeah, I think it's the good cop, bad cop thing, right? So um, it's it's technology, the rules are set, and um, you have to go do something if you don't like the rules, right? So, and you nailed it, right? In that it's automatic, right? If 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 you don't pass the test, you don't have entry to the building. So it's it's very it's it's very um, regulated through the policies that are embedded in the application. Now, with those policies and applications, where do they stand now with the ability to look? I might have a high temperature because I was late, so I'm running from the the Bart station here in the San Francisco Bay where I'm at, and I get there and I and I have my beanie on because it was cold. You know, California was like 60 degrees, so I'm all bundled up. Um, are there variations for us to say, well, wait a second. Yeah, you're warm, but let's get a human to really figure out if there's a reason to have an exception. Yeah, there's there's exceptions to everything, but this is where it's key to to make sure you're finding 
um, equipment that is good equipment, right? There are lots of temperature kiosks that were kind of hodgepodge, right? People took the opportunity to throw some things together and, and they have that issue. They need to be calibrated. There's black box um, calibration. Um, you need to wait five minutes before you actually take your temperature. Um, we look for technology that actually does facial detection, um, which allows them to find your face. So you're not doing what I call the kiosk aerobics when you get in front of that, where you have to stand on your toes and move back and kind of leap up and down for it to find, put, you have to put your head in the silhouette. Um, it uses facial detection, not facial recognition. We won't go into that privacy um, issue right now, but facial detection finds your eyes, looks for your tear duct, which is a very accurate place to take um, body temperature. You get into trouble when you try to um, take skin temperature, which has a lot of variability with what's going on outside. Copy. So we're talking right now, some of the things we've touched on is kind of the entry to an environment. Let's get into the environment now. Does that, that obviously entry is going to change for some of us and it's going to be a new experience. Once we're in our work environments, is there much of a difference there? What are the things people are looking at in terms of shared printers, right? Touching and pushing buttons and all that. What about shared workspaces? What What is being thought of on that front in terms of keeping the environment safe once people are in it? Yeah, so when, once you come in, the the spaces that are in there are are. Uh, managed. So uh, we can have hot desks so that you can reserve a desk for the day or for a couple hours. We have uh, huddle spaces that you could reserve. We can have conference rooms that are, are managed. And the, the ability to create workflows around those spaces is really key. So we can do things like when this conference room has been used with a group of people um, and they're done, that goes on needs to be cleaned, you know, workflow. Someone can come clean that. I mean, our dream for that will be a robot, right, comes and cleans that space so that people aren't even necessary for that. And and you know that you have a clean, safe space, whether you're going into a desk, a huddle space, or a conference room when when you're when you're in there. Well, it's kind of like a restaurant, right? I mean, you know, one party gets up, you don't go sit down while all the dirty dishes are there. That gets cleared. And then, you know, you're so, so the same type of idea here. And how many times have we all had that experience? You're in a conference room, you got Tony knocking on the door. You guys are five minutes late. Get out, right? And coffee cups are left all over the place and, and all sorts of things. So this could, uh, you know, really change the, those workflows and dynamics. Yeah, I, I think so. But um, the reason that I, again, I'll hit on robots, although we're not there yet, just mm -hmm. to make it clear. Um, I mean, I was a busboy for a long time and there were many times I didn't want to be working that night, right? So I may not have been as diligent in cleaning the, the table, right? The robots don't care, right? They're very diligent with uh, with its ability to clean. But um, but you're right, There's we could do a lot with workflows and managing um, those spaces and, and make it very re uh, productive for for the users and the analytics that come out of that. So I know what spaces are being used the most, right? If, have I designed my space properly? Do I have too many desks? Can I do what what our customer or what employees employees are asking 
I want bigger offices. I want to be spread further away from my colleagues because I really don't want to hear him talking about, you know, his dog or his rental property that he's uh, fixing while I'm trying to talk to a customer, right? So I think we can optimize the space by having the analytics and knowing who's using which of the spaces that are out there. And I'm looking at employee headcount. Uh, you and I may have already said maybe we eliminate the reception desk attendant. Maybe we eliminate a floor uh, reception attendants, right? And maybe we're reducing some cleaning force. That, though, savings can be put into we can get another engineer. We can get another software developer. We can hire another nurse. We can bring on, because this also goes well beyond just a, a office building like you and I might be used to in the, the technology service industry. This is really change that's going to impact, as far as I can tell, almost every vertical out there. I, I agree. I mean, there's there's some verticals, obviously, you can't manufacture something without being there, right? So there's definitely... Um, technology that allows us to to help people that have to be there um, but there's 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 no reason that um, you can't be working from home or from the bus at the same at in, and get the same results as if you were in in the office let's talk now and move it to the smartness so we've gotten into the building safely we know that we've used the building and the building continues to be safe it has been cleaned well what have you. Now, how are we going to be working smarter? And what are some of the things that, uh, you know, office managers, the team leaders need to be thinking about to say, okay, we've got people back in this collaborative space, the office, again, air quotes. Um, how do we make it a smarter office than it was in, say, 2019? Yeah, I, I think we touched a little bit on some of these, but um, I'll just give you a very simple example as I talk to customers and conference rooms. Right. There's there's technology that they use today to reserve a conference room. But and when you talk to them, they're like, yeah, we've got all these conference rooms. They're always shown as full. But when I walk around, there's nobody in them. So there isn't a great ability to, um, if you don't show up, make those available again for somebody. So, again, within our workflow, we have the ability to um, create a workflow that says, you have to check into your conference room or your huddle space five minutes before to, to five minutes after your meeting starts. And if you don't, um, your reservation is canceled and it's available for someone else to book. So there's a, a lot of really cool things that we can do in optimizing space. Right. And it sounds like we could do even some type of, hey, James, you reserved the blue room. You have not shown up. Do you still need this meeting? And that gets blasted to your email, to your cell, text, whatever. And then, you're like, oh, yeah, no, nah, Tony flaked on me. Sorry, Tony. And then you go ahead and, you know, oh, you relieve it. And then, yes, you're able to give that off to someone else that can utilize that space. Yeah. And the other smart thing, the underlying framework that we have in our app in our application is location services so we use beacon technology and mobile devices to understand where where people are so i mean imagine that you are going near your desk right we can say hey james um looks like you're near the desk you reserved are you ready to check in right um or or, hey, James, you're nowhere near where you reserved the desk. You know, reminder that um, it's probably going to take you 10 minutes to get to your desk um, and, and stuff. So we could use a lot of 
real smart things with location services. But the other thing that, because we have location services, um, you said it before, you know, you're in a meeting and um, people are gathering outside your conference room saying, hey, that's my space. We, we have the ability on a device inside the conference room uh, schedule board that will show you all the other conference rooms that are close to where you are that have availability for it for time. So with, a, again, a click of a button, you can say, yep, I want to reserve this conference room. And a map will show you exactly how to get to that conference room where, um, where th there's availability for you to join. And within these conference rooms, I'm assuming we're also starting to see, I mean, I know I'm seeing a lot of just advancement in audio, in video. The uh, you know technology's gotten smaller and faster and cheaper, yet better. Um, it is one of those things we want to try and make sure that those people that may be at home, not be able to be in this office space collaborating, still hear us and are able to be a, you know, pipe on up and say, hey, I got an idea and, and really alert more than what was, again, the, the, the 2018 model of someone who was like, oh, hey, uh, sorry, Tony, forgot you were on this call. Didn't didn't see you at all in the room. I got anything to say. And they would always do that with what, two minutes left in the meeting? Yeah. And I think there's there's a lot of really cool technology. And this is where we're spending a lot of time is in that collaboration space. Right. So um, there's really cool technologies, you know, with noise cancellation and the ability to have multiple microphones in a space and they auto adjust. So everybody's audio level is the same, whether you're sitting right in front of the the screen with a, with a, uh, a microphone or you're at home, that the voice levels are very consistent. Some really cool technology from one of our partners actually has um, a, a um, noise fence so that they could say anything outside of 10 feet from the microphone block any of those noises that that are there so both from home right the air conditioner or the lawnmower going outside um, or in these huddle spaces which in a lot of um, huddle space designs that we've been working on there's no doors right so having some of these audio fences are really cool because it allows you to keep the background noise down. So a lot of really cool technology. In addition to video, doing a great job in following the voice, right? And 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 moving so that the person talking is on video. Really, really good technology with that. Yeah, and I've seen some. You, know, you can stand in front of a whiteboard, and if you go from left to right, it's going to pan and follow that individual, and and still be able to see who is there. Um, let's do this. I don't know if anyone caught it. But I think I did. About two minutes ago, you mentioned that's kind of one of these apps that we're working on. And I, I want to bring us back to kind of what your role is now within our labs and really what this app is that you're doing. Because we've talked about safety. We've talked about doing it smartly, right? Collaborating, working at the office. But we got to integrate that. We have to make sure that comes together. And that's what you and team in the Connection Lab have really been uh, working on. So give us a high-level primer on this app that you're looking to, to bring and share with folks. Yeah, so we've developed an app called Connect Aware. It's, it's um, already in the, in the stores, both the... Um, um, Android and the and the Apple stores, and it's it's very modular, right? So you can turn on different features and turn them off um, if if you're not interested in those. 
And uh, like I did say, that location services is kind of a key foundation of the um, application. And our data plane is a key um, foundation for that, where um, we can bring in disparate application data into a single plane so we can do that smart visualization of what that data looks like. But we have, we have, it's broken up in two halves, right? A safe workspace and a smart. And that safe workspace allows, our app allows you to do that remote check-in, allows us to um, integrate with temperature kiosks when you walk up to, to the door. Uh, we do what's pretty unique. It's called continuous location tracing. That if someone were to call in contagious um, and say, you know what, hey, I just, tested positive, I was in the office the last two days, we can actually recreate the path of that person in the building. And then with our location services, those spaces will turn red. So people know to stay away from those places. And then there's a version of the app that facilities will have to know and go clean those spaces. And as they clean them, they go from red to clear. So um, a lot of really cool things. And then uh, we we integrate with touchless entry, right? Because that's the one thing you don't want to do is touch every door as you go go into the building. So, and at this point, um, our app is the only thing that actually knows if you've passed all the tests, right? Whether you've passed passed the remote check in. If we just actually released our vaccine management um, module, so if if vaccines are required, if masks are required, if if being at a certain temperature when you walk in the door is all required. Our app is the only thing that knows it. Your card system has no clue, right? Whether that person should be allowed into the building or not. So we're integrated with some PAC systems. And then just real quick on the smart side, right? It's all about space management, the ability to take our location services and do wayfinding so you can get maps to get to where you need to go. Um, guest management, because that's really key too, as we start allowing employees back, you want to manage guests coming back. So having some of those same checks with guests. And then what I really love is, is our augmented mentoring using technology like Google Glass and Realware that allows you to have remote experts. Um, you know, so, so if you run into a problem, you put your glasses on, you tap the side of the glass, and you get put into a virtual room with an expert. So now the, the expert can see what you're seeing and help you diagnose um, what, what's going on in that space. And we think this is a great way to, um, to do rounds in a hospital, right? Instead of having a doctor and nine other people in that room, doctors wearing glass technology, everybody else is, is seeing it in a virtual room. And um, it's, it's very efficient in uh, managing the um, the experts that you need, right, when doing in doing rounds, and then my next iteration to that is we talk, you know, coming down the line is going from human augmented mentoring to the digital human. So it's um, Sheldon's MVP, right, comes to life <laughs> with a with a robot coming coming around. 
a lot of uh, cool things it sounds like now and obviously down the road and that and that's what tony and, and team are doing within the lab this is where they get to experiment they get to think about things and really kind of push the envelope and i'm going to give you all some information here in just a moment about how you can kind of be a part of that as well but tony give me uh in all of us an example here to utilize some of these features within our connect aware app do we have to have the 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 newest kiosk that was just purchased within the last six months is something we might have invested in 14 months ago still that what is that kind of ecosystem of hardware uh look like right now obviously i'm I'm assuming pretty small and growing but kind of who can take advantage of this today yeah so so what i would encourage is even if you don't need this entire framework and you just want a little piece of this talk to us we could we could say, hey, if you're gonna buy a, a temperature kiosk, here are a couple of them that have the right APIs that will allow you to integrate later, right? So we're you know it's not all about selling our application. It's just making sure that you're buying something that is integratable with other stuff, right? That make a better solution. Tony, do appreciate it, folks. What I want to do is I'm going to get come back to, to get Tony to give us a final thought and word here as we wrap up. But first, connection.com slash RTO, return to office. That's the big umbrella of a lot of the topics that we've talked about here today. So visit connection.com slash RTO for more information. Also, RTO at connection.com. That email address gets to go to Tony and team in the lab. And it's an area where you could say, hey, have you thought about this? Hey, do these APIs work here? Hey, what about? Could you experiment with? Have you have you tested that? Those are all things that Tony would love to get his hands on, get those suggestions. And then he gets to do what he loves to do. And that's tinker and play and create. And so RTO at connection.com. Final thought, Tony, we are no longer in 2008. We've passed through 18, 19, and we find ourselves here. You know, it's 2022. Let's make that our year and say, what do you expect to see as a, a big change for most of us in the physical office environment in the coming year? Yeah, I think um, what we're going to see post-pandemic, um, whatever that looks like or when that is, that there's a we're creating this framework to be future proof. So we're we're working with um, emergency response, gunshot detection, the ability to have bi-directional um, information going into your um, your system. So maybe you have a time management system, and instead of people cl- you know clocking in at every different location, our location services can tell that time and attendance exactly where you are. And when did you get to the clean room? When did you get to your manufacturing cell and start working? There's a lot of things that we could do with our bi-directional data plane that really future-proofs what we're doing here. All right, Tony. Once again, folks, visit connection.com slash RTO. Also, RTO at connection.com to send us a note. I want you all to be on the lookout for more podcasts that are going to go deeper into the conversations that Tony and I have started here today. Of course, we want you to uh, like, subscribe, and share Tech Experience Podcast on your favorite podcast platform. With that, on behalf of Tony Dan Kona, the whole Connection Labs team, I'm James Hilliard. Be safe, be smart. And we do look forward to talking to y'all down the road.